Welcome to the Factory Youth Podcast. This is a weekly teaching podcast from the Factory Youth at Calvary Chapel, Vera Beach. I wanted to ask a question. We're going we're gonna to kind of get to this tonight, and um, I've got a couple minutes to talk, and I'm excited. Um, I wondered, uh, if you were to leave here tonight, and you were to go home, and by the end of the night, you lay your head on the pillow, and you're just kind of thinking about what happened at Factory Youth that night, and it was like the most transformational greatest night, youth night of your life thus far. And it impacted your life. It transformed your relationship with Jesus. It it brought you into his presence. Like you walked out and your life was like drastically different. I want to invite you in and just kind of thinking about what would that look like? Like what would be different tonight that that's maybe different than any other night you've ever been to? What would you hope for? Like, what, w- what would you hope to get out of tonight? I believe there's, there's an opportunity here tonight to, to leave different than the way that you walked in. And it's definitely not dependent on me. It's not dependent on Nate or Hannah or any other youth leaders. How many of you know you have the choice to create the experience that you want to have tonight? Yeah, she does. Yeah. It's not about the person next to you, the one behind you, the one that brought you. It's your choice. I wonder what that would look like. What would it look like for your relationship with Jesus to just be 10 out of 10? I want to invite you into that place and noticing how every experience you're having tonight at youth is an experience you're creating. You get to create the experience. You ever been at like a, a concert or in a movie or in an event or at a restaurant or, and, and you experience the same thing as everybody else or at youth? Every single one of you are experiencing the same exact thing, but maybe potentially you walked out and was like, that was incredible. And then your friend was like, eh. <laughs> right? It wasn't the thing that was happening. It was how you showed up. It was what you wanted to get out of it. It was like, I want to leave here tonight changed, transformed, closer to Jesus. Like, I want to have an encounter with Jesus. Like, I don't know about the person next to me, but, like, I'm committed to to creating an experience that when I lay my head on the pillow at the end of the night, I'm going, wow. Because I'll tell you one thing we're not going to get back, all of us, is this moment. Like, you're never going to get this moment back, and you're stuck with me for the next four hours. (laughs) That's unfortunate. Someone's like, for real? (laughs) So what would that look like? What would it look like? I want to talk to us about, there's this passage of scripture in John 10.10. And I want to just put it up on the screen and and I want to read it to you. And it says this, that the thief, the enemy, comes only to steal, 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 kill, and destroy. But I have come that they might have life and have it to the full. See, the enemy comes to kill, steal, and destroy. But I, Jesus, it's Jesus talking, have come so that you might have life and life to the full. Not that you would just kind of have blah or like, uh, or like, uh, right? Not that your life would just be like, eh, or like, uh, like, uh. But like, it would be, ah, whoa, whoa, okay, cool. Like, excited, like, oh my God. Like, life and life to the full. 
See, the enemy's aim, and it's good to know this, the enemy's aim is to what? Right, yeah, and what does that mean? What does that mean? Like, whoa, like, whoa. <laughs> it's intense. See, the enemy's aim is not to get you to sin more. It's not to get you to make more mistakes, to, like, mess up more, to make bigger mistakes or things that you're going to regret. Like, the, the enemy's aim is not to get you to sin more. The enemy's aim is to separate you from God. You know what separation looks like sometimes? It looks like you're in the same room as the person next to you, but you're missing it. It looks like you're, you have every right to the cross, every right to this life and life to the full, but you just missed it. It's not to really take you out of the game or off the field. It's just to get you distracted long enough so that you miss it. It's that we are separated from God. But I love Jesus, right? Because where the enemy tries to separate, God sends Jesus to reconciliate. He sends Jesus to restore, to redeem, to forgive, to make a way where there seems to be no way, to pay a price that we couldn't afford, to cover the cost, to die a death that we had to die. See, Jesus didn't die for you. Jesus died instead of you. See, the enemy comes to separate you from God, and at times we can think like, Oh my gosh, like my issues and my problems and my situation and my circumstance and, and the things that I'm going through in life are too big for God to handle. Or potentially they're just too small. It's not important. And so the enemy wants to kind of separate you from God where you just think like, God's just not interested in my life. Like God just doesn't care about my issues or my circumstance or the weight that I'm carrying. And, and we see God at times as this distant figure that's like he's just far off in heaven and he's removed from our situation. And that's what the enemy's aim is, is to get you to think that God is so far from you that he'll never come to your rescue. You ever laid there in your room at night and just thought, I'm alone? Enemy's aim. You ever, you ever been there in a circle and felt like I'm just not a fit? I don't click. I'm not the vibe. Enemy's aim is to get you separated. But I love Jesus because when we feel like we're at a distance, when we feel like, like God is at a distance, when we feel like God is removed and separated from us, he sends Jesus so that we might have life and life to the fullest, stepping right into our season, our situation, and our circumstance. God is not removed from you. No, he's right there with you in the midst of it. How many of you are thankful that Jesus comes so that we might have life and life to the fullest? So why? Why would God send Jesus? And the answer is this, because you're enough. If you were the only person on the planet when Jesus was on the cross, he still would have died for you. Sometimes we can think that, like, man, I guess, like, he came for everyone. No, if you were the only one. Like, you matter. Like, you're enough. Have you ever felt inadequate? Like, I, you know, like, God's going to use the person next to me. Definitely not me, though, if he only knew what I was really doing. No, you're enough. Your mistakes your mess-ups, your mishaps, your mess, you're enough. In Psalms 139, it says this, a cool scripture that goes like this. Psalms 139, body and soul, I'm marvelously made. 
I worship in adoration. What a creation. You know me inside and out. You know every bone in my body. You know how exactly I was made. Bit by bit, I was sculpted from nothing into something. Like an open book, you watched me grow from conception to birth. All the stages of my life were spread out before you. The days of my life all prepared before I even lived one day. The writer is literally looking himself in the mirror. I'm marvelously made. He's literally looking there going like, dang, I look good. <laughs> like, yo, God, you did good. You know how that's how God sees you? Like, you are amazing. Like, you're incredible. I mean, we look in the mirror. We, saw, we, see, we, see, we, see, we see all our faults, right? All of our faults and our failures, all of our, like, kind of things. Like, you look there and you're like, oh, my God, that's there. Oh, no. It's like, I didn't even see it. It's like, no, it's, it's a new, new act. Is it? I don't know. Like, God's going like, no, you're amazing. You're incredible. Like, you're enough. Like, you're awesome. Like, he loves you so much that he gave his one and only son so that you could have life and life to the fullest. And he's big enough for all your cares, all your worries, all your concerns, all your mess. All the cares. Anyone have some cares? Anyone carrying something that maybe perhaps nobody in this room knows you're carrying it? Maybe there's anxiety or there's worry or there's fear. Maybe there's like a weight of grief because you lost a loved one. Maybe you're in a place in your life where you just, you feel like I got to just carry this. I got to come to youth. And I just got to cover up what I'm carrying. I got to like change shapes to just try to fit in. I've got all this mess. I've got all this madness. I've got all this weight. I've got all this worry. I've got all these anxieties. I've got all this fear. Like the list goes on. You ever felt the weight of that? Am I the only one that's ever carried something that maybe no one else knows you're carrying? What do we do with all that stuff? What do we do with all the weight and all the worry, and all the cares, and all the concerns. It says in 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 7, it actually gives us a roadmap in what to do with this. It says, cast all your anxieties on him, Jesus, because he what? He cares for you. Like, how cool is that? That, like, we don't have to carry our cares, <laughs> You ever gone on a trip and packed stuff that you don't need? Right? I'm the worst. I'm like, oh, I'm definitely going to wear this hat. No, you're not. Like, I'm packing five jackets, going to Florida, and it's 100 degrees. You're not wearing anything. You're just getting a giant sunburn. You ever packed and, like, had things that you're like, I don't even need these? How many of us are carrying stuff around in our lives that we can get rid of, that don't serve us. Where do we take them? We take them to him, to Jesus. We cast all of our cares. Psalms 55 verse 22 says this, leave all your cares and anxieties at the feet of the Lord and measureless grace will strengthen you. 
How awesome is that? That we have the opportunity not to just carry our cares around, but to bring them to the feet of Jesus. Did you know that God cares for you? Did you know that he's called you and shaped you and formed you? That he's numbered every hair on your head, that he thinks about you more than the sands of the sea, that he's got a plan and a purpose for your life, that, that it's of hope and, and, and of the future, that it's, that it's beautiful. What would it be like if we let go of those things? Like, how would we show up in life at school with our friends and our family if we didn't carry around that weight anymore? What would that look like for us to let go of it? I want to read a passage of scripture in Mark chapter 2. And it's interesting because there's a story, and I'll read it here, of a man who was paralyzed. And it says this, a few days later when Jesus again entered Capernaum, the people heard that he had come home. And they gathered in such a large number that there was no room left, not even outside the door. And he preached the word to them. And some men, so Jesus is sitting there in Capernaum, and it's this town. He's in Vero Beach, like, it's amazing. And the place is packed, so much so that they couldn't fit anyone else in the building. And so these men, some men, brought to Jesus a paralyzed man, carried by four of them. And since they could not get to him, Jesus, because of the crowd, they made an opening in the roof above Jesus by digging through it and then lowering the mat the man was on. And when Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralyzed man, son, your sins are forgiven. I love that because this man is brought paralyzed to the feet of Jesus. They literally ripped off a roof, they lowered him down, and he's at the feet of Jesus. He said, son, your sins are forgiven. There's that weight of sin, that weight of shame. You ever done something that's like, not right, <laughs> and then you're like carrying it around, that shame, that sin, that guilt, that fear, and he's at the feet of Jesus, and he says, your son, your, son, your sins are forgiven, and then the following verse says, now some of the teachers of the law were sitting there thinking to themselves, why does this fellow talk like that? He's blaspheming. He's, they don't believe he's Jesus. They don't believe he's the Messiah. Who can forgive sins but God alone? And it says, immediately Jesus knew that the Spirit, um, knew in his spirit that this was what they were thinking in their hearts. And he said to them, why are you thinking these things? Immediately, which is easier, to say to this paralyzed man, your sins are forgiven, or to say to him, get up, take your mat, and walk? But I want you to know that I'm not just the son of man and I have the, but I want you to know that the son of man has the authority on earth to forgive sins. So he said to this man, I tell you, get up, take your mat and go home. And so this story is powerful because you might not be paralyzed physically, but I believe a lot of us at times, if not always, can find ourselves paralyzed internally where we can't get rid of the stuff that's keeping us from living life and life to the full. It's interesting because Jesus comes so that we might have life and life to the full, but there's days in our lives where we're not living life to the full. So why are we 
why are we not accessing all that God has for us? Why are we still carrying around stuff that's keeping us from intimacy and relationship, closeness to who Jesus is? It's because we feel like at times we're paralyzed. We feel like we can't get ourselves to God. So there's two things I want to do with this passage of Scripture with the remaining couple moments I have left. And the first is this. I, I want to I create a space for us to cast our cares at the foot of Jesus. Because I feel like we, we can get to a place where it just builds up and we don't know where we can take it. Am I the only one that has something that potentially I'm carrying that I need to get rid of tonight? Okay. So I want to create a space for us to potentially write out what it is that we're carrying and bring it to the foot of Jesus. And the second thing I want to do is I want to create a space where you and the person next to you can help carry each other to the feet of Jesus. Right? Because four men carried this paralyzed man on a mat. Sometimes we can't get there without the help of our friends. That's why groups is so important. It's because Jesus didn't call us to live our lives isolated by ourselves. He called us to live in relationship and community and groups. I mean, Jesus was like the savior of the world, and he still had 12 homies. So, like, if Jesus didn't do it alone, it's like, why am I trying to do it alone? (laughs) Right? So I want to invite you into doing something that maybe is just the most exciting moment of the night. I want to invite you into committing to doing something without you first knowing what it is you're committing to. Anyone brave enough? Put your hand up if you're saying, hey, I'm going to do the thing that you're going to ask me to do without me knowing. Okay, awesome. Hands are going up everywhere. I knew you guys would love it. It's awesome. This works. It's awesome. I promise. It's fine. Anyone else? Okay, if you lift your hand, I want you to stand to your feet. Oh, no. Okay. Everyone that stood to your feet, just take a look at the people around you that didn't and just judge them inside. Like, ugh. All right, all right. Everyone that's sitting down, look at the people that are standing, be like, yo, you're crazy. (laughs) You don't even know what he's going to ask. All right, shh. I want you to close your eyes. Okay? I have a three-year-old son. Sounds a lot like Bonnie. I want you to picture Bonnie right now. Okay? Jacob and Leah are taking Bonnie into the supermarket. And they get to the register, the cash register. There's always that candy and that gum. It's like right there. They just put there for all the parents out there. Right? It's like right here, really? I want you to imagine Bonnie, right? And he's just at this cash register with his mom and his dad, and he sees some candy. And he wants that candy. Oh, I want that. Yeah. And his dad says, no, you can't have the candy. Thinking that that's going to be enough, right? And so Bonnie reaches out, and he tries to grab it, and he goes, no, son, you can't have the candy. And so now Bonnie's starting to freak out. He's like, I want the candy. And his dad's like, no, you can't have the candy. He's like, I want the candy. Right? And his mom's like, no, you're not getting the candy. 
You're not having the candy. We're not getting it. we got to eat dinner. You're not getting the candy. There's no candy coming home with us. And now Bonnie's freaking out. Bonnie's laying on the ground of the grocery store, and he's throwing a fit, and he's screaming at the top of his lungs. He's hysterical. The whole store has stopped, and has thought, what is happening over there? This kid is spazzing out all over the floor. He's screaming at the top of his lungs. He wants candy! Okay, now I'm going to count to three. And on the count of three, I want you to do exactly what you think Bonnie would be doing in that moment. One, I'm talking on the floor, I'm talking two. Now remember, you, you agreed to this. You committed to this. All right, one, two. I'm just kidding, sit down. Sit down. How many of you are freaking out? <laughs> what were some of the thoughts that were going through your head? Let's do it. Just kidding. Let's do it. Anyone else? What was your thought? Anyone else had some thoughts? What was your thought? <laughs> Anyone else experienced? Yep. Oh, man. Who wants to see him do it solo? I'm just kidding. Anyone experience? Yeah, what was yours? What was your thought? Yeah. Okay. Do it solo dolo. I got you. Anyone experience like some anxiety? Okay. Okay, so I'm not the only crazy person in here. All right. Anyone experience worry? Anyone experience what the person next to me might think or the, the girl or the guy might think? Anyone, anyone, anyone have the thoughts that, like, I'm going to look crazy? Those feelings that come up in us in moments like that, those are called somatic markers. And they're subconscious, which means that we don't even at times know we have them. And they're markers that keep us, they're markers that, like, stop us from doing things they are really good in our lives because they stop us from, like, jumping off a cliff or, like, stepping into traffic or, like, touching a hot pan, like they're really powerful markers in our lives that subconsciously keep us from dying. <laughs> but they're also the same markers that keep us from stepping into the life and life to the full. They're the same markers that keep us from experiencing Jesus in a way that he wants us to experience him. They're also the same markers that keep us from living the life that God has called us to. They keep us to settle and to stay comfortable. See, when all of your parents go out to buy mattresses, they shop for comfort. That's why they buy a mattress. But when God calls you into something great, it's often uncomfortable. And those markers that you're feeling that came up for you in that moment, those are the markers that keep you from stepping into moments where God really wants to show up in your life. So I'm going to ask the band to come up. And I'm going to ask that the youth leaders hand out some cards and we're going to get out of our way right now these somatic markers those ones that you felt we're going to allow those to just kind of sit on the bench for fourth quarter you know what I mean it's like this is the end of the game youth night we're about to break into groups 
I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to allow myself to get out of the way. Those somatic markers, is, there's four of them. The first one is that you would look good. It's also known as a, a survival need. There's four survival needs that are at play in all of our lives at every given moment. The first is that we would look good. The second is that we would feel good. The third is that we would be right and be right about the story you're telling yourself. Like, I'm going to look crazy. And so that marker comes up and goes, you're going to look crazy because you got to be right. And the fourth is that you would be in control. And some of us might have been experiencing that. Like, how do I get out of this? I committed. I'm standing up. How do I slowly just sit down? How do I control the situation? I want you to take this card. And the team is going to lead us in a song in just a moment. I'm going to ask if I can get two of those youth leaders to bring up those trash cans in the back. Oh, there's one. Oh, and there's one. Can I bring that full one up, the one that has all the trash in it up the back? Yeah, that one. Just bring that one up. So take the card. Cool. Yeah, perfect. Thank you so much. Look at this thing. We got like a juice box. We got like a battery. <laughs> and I wanted to. I, oh, wow. It's amazing. Cutlery. Cast all your cares on him because he. Cast all your cares on him because he cares for you. How many of you know this is what our life looks like sometimes? <laughs> like, I'm great. No, I'm fine. How are you? I'm good. And you? <laughs> like, no, I'm, I've got it all together. I promise. Hey, how are you doing after that loss of that loved one? I'm fine. I'm awesome. I go to youth, church. Sometimes I double dip. <sighs> hey, that, that worry, that social anxiety you have about going to summer camp. Hey, you going? Yeah, I might. I don't know. I've got a lot. Of, I don't know. It's busy. It's summer, you don't have anything on. I know I'm busy. <laughs> I got things to do, places to go, people to see. How you doing? I'm a mess! <laughs> My life is in shit. What? I got all this stuff that's, that I need to get rid of. Like, I don't know if I can make it through. It's time to take the trash out. You know what happens when you leave this for too long? It smells. Do you know why Jesus created a space for you to cast your cares and take them? 
so you didn't have to carry this around. Do you know why? So that he can work in and through your life. And that he can use you in your school and in your loved ones and your family. And it's like, it's like I have no room left for what God wants to do in and through my life. Because I haven't cast my cares in a long time. I haven't gotten rid of the stuff that's keeping me back from fulfilling the life that God has for me. It's like, hey, how you doing? You should come to youth. It's awesome. It's amazing. Oh, yeah? Like, how you? Whoa. <laughs> no, thanks. Like, come on. We get rid of all of our junk, and God takes it, and it's awesome. <laughs> it's like, okay, cool. You look pretty full. It's like, no, I'm great. I, was, I had my hands up in worship. It was sweet. It's like, hey, what's going on? It's like, cast all your cares upon him, because why? He cares for you. 